This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, February 7th, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 47. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today is the last Sunday after Epiphany, and so Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent when we don't say hallelujah, so I'm trying to get it out of your system as much as possible. <laughs> the last Sunday of, after Epiphany, we always read from one of the four Gospels the story of the transfiguration of Christ. And it's really um, a time to reflect upon the manifestation of the glory of God. That's really what this is all about. And we hear about that in the Old Testament lesson where we hear the story of Moses. If you remember, Moses had gone up to get the Ten Commandments and he'd asked something of God. He said, I would like to see you face to face. And God said, no one can see God and live. You'll die if you see me face to face. He said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. You go over in that crevice and that rock there. And as I go by, once I pass you, I will show you my backside. Because that's all of the glory of God you can handle. And if, and if you go to the Sistine Chapel today in Rome, uh, Michelangelo had a great sense of humor. And if you look up, it shows God passing by Moses. And surely enough, it's like he's got a flap like they have on the long johns, and it's hanging down as Moses is standing there as God goes by him. But it still had an impact upon Moses. In fact, it, even that part of the glory of God uh, managed to uh, cause his face to shine glowing white all the time. It, it, it just glowed like he was radioactive or something. And it terrified the people. So that whenever he was in with the people, they asked him to put on a veil. Because they could not bear to be in the presence of the holiness of God. Um, that had been reflected upon Moses. And so he would have to hide his face from them. And when he would go into the tent of meeting to talk with God, he could take it off. But then when he came back on, they begged him to put it back on. So you think you got it rough. Imagine having to wear a veil for the rest of your life, guys. (laughs) That would be interesting, wouldn't it? And then we hear the story of the transfiguration of Jesus, where um, we've just had that a momentous moment in uh, Caesarea Philippi where Jesus has asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And it is uh, Simon who confesses that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. And for that, he gets a new name, Peter, the rock upon which Christ will build his church. And now that he's officially been named Pope, um, even though he's never been to Rome yet, but he'll get there. Um, he, he says that he, um, you know, he, he starts giving Jesus advice Because what Jesus is doing is explaining to his disciples what is now going to happen. That he's going to be going to Jerusalem, and when he gets there, he will be arrested and tried and crucified. And on the third day, he'll rise again. And Peter, take charge kind of guy that he is, says, God forbid it, Lord, this isn't going to happen to you. He's already messing with God's plans. And for that, he has the fastest uh, demotion in human history. He goes from being Peter, the rock, to Satan. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Well, it's a good thing God forgives, isn't it? Because a little, few hours later, um, he takes Peter and John and James, his three closest disciples, and they go climb up the mountain. And they go up there to pray, which is Jesus' sort of his habit is to go off with just a few to pray. And it's apparently gotten very late because it says that their eyes were weighed down with sleep. They were very tired, but apparently they were managing to stay awake. I don't know if you've ever been sleepy like that, where you're kind of, you know, your eyes are going, and you jerk open again, and you're 
That's kind of what's going on. And all of a sudden, it says that Jesus is transfigured into a glistening white, whiter than any white you could possibly imagine. It shone forth with the glory of God. And on either side of him were Moses and Elijah, the, the very symbol of the law and the prophets, the fulfillment of Scripture is now become a reality. And Peter, who can't manage to keep his mouth shut, um, says, Lord, it's really good for you that we're here. Now, can you imagine? It's like, hey, God, boy, are you lucky we showed up. <laughs> and then what would God do without him? He says, we'll build for you three tabernacles. You know, so you all have a, we'll have a shrine up here for each one of you. And he's going on and on and on. And, and all of a sudden, a cloud starts descending upon them. And that shuts everybody up because they're terrified. Well, you know, what's going on? This big fog is encapsulated and Moses and Elijah are gone. And they hear a voice booming forth from the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. I often wonder if Peter had that redacted. If it said, shut up, Peter, listen to him. Um, <laughs> Peter doesn't listen very often. But it says, listen to him. And those are the words that have echoed for two millennium now that are the same words to us. This is my son, my chosen, the beloved one. Listen to him. We too are called to listen to him. Paul talks about this glory in today's epistle. And then he talks about the end of the glory. He's talking about Moses' experience. Um, but he goes on to say that for the Jews, that glory is still veiled. They can't see it through the veil. They can't tell what it is. Now, and to their credit, Paul also says in Romans that this happened so that we, the Gentiles, might become part of the body of Christ. Because otherwise, he would have just come to the Jews and all of us would have been out of luck. And so he says, but to them, this, this glory is still veiled. They can't see it. But for those who turn to the Lord, to Jesus, the veil is lifted. And we now see him face to face. We have seen God in the face of Jesus Christ. And because we have seen God, we are being transformed into the same kind of glory that Moses began to experience. That day by day, step by step, as we live our lives in and with Christ, we are transformed more and more into the image of God that we are called to be. We are called to be little Christ, to grow up into the full stature of what it means to be Christ, to become more like him day by day. Now you might say, well, how in the world does that work? How does that happen? I mean, be nice, but how does that work? Here we are 2,000 years later, and an awful lot of people don't look much like Jesus to me. As a matter of fact, they don't act very nice. And some of them even call themselves Christians. So what's going on? Well, I would suggest to you that we've forgotten what happened inside that cloud. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. <laughs> 